As the Nationals are strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode number 107 of the DC Crossover. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone. So glad to have you with us another episode. You can follow the show in a variety of ways on uh, Twitter. You can follow the main show account at the DC Crossover for all the links. Every time we drop an episode, always throw out the Spotify, the Apple, the YouTube, all that stuff is on the Twitter. So follow at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16 for Mike's personal account. Uh, Also give a follow and download the Contender. That's Contender with a K. There's an app there. It's free. You can listen to our show and many others. You can also give them a follow on Twitter. And follow us on TikTok for those talkers out there uh, at uh, DC underscore crossover underscore podcast underscore underscore underscore. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you have to do now in this day and age of internet where like so many accounts have been created at this point. You have to be like so... It's impossible to get the account you want. You have to throw numbers in there or underscores in there. It's just there's there's just too many... Like getting a Twitter handle nowadays, it's like impossible. Everyone's... And some people squat on them. Like they'll just get a Twitter account and they won't ever use it, but they'll just wait for the day that somebody else wants to try to use that account and then they'll sell it to you. And that's, that's a business for a lot of people. It's crazy. Right, and that's the thing about these underscores and whatnot is because once you set it, you can't change it for 30 days at least. Right. So I'm just like, geez, I mean, why did you suggest that? Yeah. I, that, that's so dumb. So I ended up uh, messing that up. But obviously, you can definitely follow the TikTok because that's where a lot of fun clips and, as Ben said, uh, other types of clips that are on there as well. Um, but definitely check out the TikTok at DC underscore crossover underscore podcast. Um, but I'm lucky for Twitter that, you know, None of my family members or any other Sarones that are out there didn't really take that because I didn't have any problem doing that one. Um, but it's just weird, man. It's weird when you try to get these different uh, handles and whatnot because when you're looking at that kind of stuff, like you said, people will literally sit on it. Like, for instance, it's, it's, it's the same thing as uh, I know a podcast out there that was, you know, they, they were thinking about doing a podcast because they were on a different show and then they separated their podcast into something else. But someone already had that that uh, that handle. So right. they had to go and buy it. And I'm Oof. like, why? Why would you want to go and literally buy it? It's like if you have the following already, then then just make it yourself and just put a hashtag or something. Well, not a hashtag, a underscore. Yeah, or something throw like in that a in number, there. underscore. It's weird. It's a. Uh, th- 
because some people are also like, oh, if my handle has like a number in it, it's gonna nobody's gonna want to follow me. It's like who cares? I barely even look at the handles these days. Like I I don't care <laughs> because people right. also have your handle and then you have the actual name for your account. Like I don't know. It's it's all crazy. It's all crazy. But regardless, hey, follow us on all those accounts. <laughs> uh, regarding buying and uh, stuff like that for handles and whatnot, right. I have a, I have a real quick story sure. from high school that actually reminded me of this. And you might, I think you might have already told me a story about this. Maybe not. It might have been someone else because I talked to them about it. It might, like I said, it might have been you um, briefly recently. So the story is that when I was in high school. I was, you know, a year younger than this one player. And so obviously he had the number first. And I said, hey, Frank. And his name was actually Frank. Uh, you don't see that name nowadays. No. I mean, you have Frank Frank Robinson. Um, he a Frank man the of larger character? No, he was not. See, that's, that's, uh, if your name's Frank, I expect you to be about 5'5". Five, five. I need you to be about 200 pounds. Um <laughs> And I need you to like look like you're 50, but you're like 15. But you have like a weathered <laughs> right, face, right. you know. Weathered and face. Like, and you wear a one. little like newsboy hat, and it's like that's Frank, man. Frank, yep, but Frank's that, a good guy. Frank will always. Frank will go out in the rain and pick you up if you need a ride. Uh. Frank will uh, bring an extra hot dog for you at the ball game he'll go buy an extra oh. one he'll be like I know you said you weren't hungry I did bring you a second one you go thanks Frank Frank thanks, is right. a good a great guy. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. So Frank the Tank in this situation was not a great guy. <laughs> right. Because because I said, hey, Frank, you know, we're not close, but we're friends for the most sure. part, kind of. And I said, hey, man, 16 is my number. I need 16, brother. Can you help me out? He was like, yeah, sure. Sarone, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. You know, you can take that's it. That's a Frank move right and there. Yep. Yeah. yeah he said, that's a Frank move. And all of a sudden, when it came down to it, uh, we that was during conditioning and stuff like that. So they were like, "All right, you know, here's Jersey time." So all of a sudden they were like, "All right, who wants Jersey 16? Frank says, "That's mine." Ooh, Frank! And all, and all of a sudden I was like, "I was like, Frank, like, what are you doing, man? We already talked about this." You know what he did? He flipped me the bird and told me to f off. Wow, not a Frank move <laughs> at all. I take it all back. That is not a Frank move at all. I was like, dude. I didn't know this was like a joke. Like wow. no one's laughing because we're the only ones that talked about it. It wasn't like he went behind closed doors right. and told, you know, Chris or some other dude over here, like, yo, I'm going to get Cerrone here, man. I'm just going to, I'm going to lay one on him. All right. I was like, it's, what do you, it was, dude, it was, uh, yeah, Craig. I mean, literally it was, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much what he was like that's in his head. Rough. No, no one laughed because no one got right, it. Right. And I was like, Frank. I just looked at him. I was like, Dude, Frank, what are you what doing? What are you doing? What are you doing, bro? Frank, that's just... we, we had an arrangement. I had to be freaking eighteen. You had a verbal commitment. So, so no one knew if I was if I was ten or eighteen, 18. because our stupid Ugh. stupid jerseys were were the numbers were too bolded, weird. Right. So like my family couldn't tell who I was because the guy who was number ten was literally like the same size as me, and no one could tell who I was ever. I you was know, so Frank pissed. just uh, had a killer season that year, number sixteen. <laughs> No, he rode the bench. Oh, uh, a bench rider too, and he didn't even. Oh, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Oh, he 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 was a pine pony. That's for well, damn sure. Well, regardless, you can follow us 
on all those. So we should cha- we should change our handle to Frank Sixteen. <laughs> that's that's what we should, we should change it to. <laughs> uh, a lot to get to on today's episode. We will definitely talk about the Masters. We'll do that later uh, when we uh, do our final lap segment. Um, we've got some Nats to talk about. Some Caps, of course, as they have about ten games left before playoffs start. Wizards, not so much. Their season's done, and we don't <laughs> give an S. Uh, and uh, yeah, a lot to get to on today's episode. So let's go ahead and get into the rewind. A chance to take a look at this past week. Fill, fill in some gaps in case you missed some of these games along the way. We're covering all the teams that played. And we'll start with the Washington Nationals. Mike, one and three, week four, the Nats uh, opening day series. And it did not start off great. Uh, losing to the Mets on opening day 5-1. to one. Patrick Corbin, uh, four innings pitched, gave up five hits, a couple earned runs. Uh, Juan Soto with a his first bomb of the season, the lone run for the Nats on opening day. Keeper Ruiz, though, nice game, two for four. We'll be talking about all these numbers and stock up, stock down stuff later on. Uh, Friday, losing to the Mets again, Max Scherzer makes his glorious return to Nats Park. He got the tribute video on Thursday, of course, because there's no way they would play the tribute video on the day he pitched because the guy's a psycho, and you know he wouldn't have gone out and watched it. <laughs> he would have been like, oh, screw this. I don't need any distractions. <laughs> six innings, three earned runs, six Ks. Okay day for Scherzer. Uh, Josiah Gray on the other side had a little rough one. Four innings, four earned runs. Uh, benches cleared in this one. This was like four Mets hitters got hit or something like that. And after Seashek uh, hit Lindor, benches cleared. It was all a whole lot of nothing. The Nats aren't hitting anybody on purpose, trust me. Uh, they're barely finding the strike zone on purpose. Um, it just ended up being that way. Uh, Josh Bell hits his first homer of the year off of his old pal Scherzer. Two RBIs there. And Kieber Ruiz, two for four again. The guy's a machine. Saturday, losing the Mets 5 nothing. Shut out. This was an ugly one. Pete Alonzo, the polar bear uh, loser, hit a grand slam uh, and shushed the crowd of 500 people that didn't care. Uh, Bassett <laughs> threw a gem. Six innings, three hits, no earned runs, and eight Ks. This was a big off-season acquisition for the Mets, and he showed out. Uh, Yoan Adone, four and a third, four earned runs. Not a great day for him. Soto, a couple knocks. And then last but not least, Sunday, finally a win. 4-2 win over the Mets, a three-run eighth inning alley spurred uh, rally spurred by Lucius Fox and D-Strange Gordon and all the speed on the base paths. Nelson Cruz also hit his first bomb of the year. And our pal Fetty, not a bad day. Five innings, five hits, two earned runs. The Nats, one and three week. Let's move on to some happier times. A great week for your Washington Capitals. Well, the funny thing is, is I'm glad that you went through those uh, those little stats there because the sole fact that some of us can't watch the game because we don't have cable. Right. Uh, so here we go. Uh, <laughs> Washington Capitals, 40, 22, and 10. Fourth in the Metro Division. Second in the wild card. Possibly about to be third in the Metro for the sole fact that uh, we'll get to in a little bit that the Pens have been struggling, but the Caps have not. Ten games to go. Wednesday, they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 43 in a great game. Carlson with two goals and two assists. Third four-point game of his career, which is awesome. Ovi reaches a milestone, another milestone, 1,400 career points. Ilya Samsonov, 25 saves on 28 shots. So not a great game, but a very good offensive team in the Lightning, who have been struggling also recently. Uh, he did get three, uh, three goals against him, but still not a bad outing by him. 
on Saturday. Our arch rivals at PPG Paints Arena. They beat Pittsburgh 6-3. They did get two empty netters, so technically it was about 4-3. Uh, but they were down in this game at one point. Ovi with his 44th goal of the season. Tom Wilson scored his 22nd goal of the season. Uh, another name that we haven't seen in a few years who is probably still salty he did not get a ring. Marcus Johansson gets a goal. Uh, uh, Dmitry Orlov, Kuzi, Faravari, they all scored. So scoring fest after the two empty netters late. Uh, Elias Samsonov also played this game, stopped 29 shots to become the 10th goalie in team history with 50 career wins. On Sunday, they beat the Boston Bruins, which is probably the most impressive, impressive feat of the entire uh, last week. Lars Eller scores the go-ahead goal. Also had an assist. Uh, Wilson with four goals in the, four, in the six games. Uh, or, excuse me, Wilson with four goals in his last six games reached 50 points for the first time in his career. Ovi with his 45th of the season and 775th of his career. And also Vitek Vanacek with a nice 30-save performance. So a very impressive performance on Sunday, yesterday as we record this on Monday, with a 4-2 win over the Boston Bruins. Now they are five points back of Boston, I believe. They are four points back of the Penguins because the Penguins did win yesterday to snap their five-game skid. So overall, when you're looking at it right now, the Caps still in the fight to possibly play a different opponent, unlike what we saw last week. Now moving on to the Washington Wizards, who have their season ended in a great position in the standings. Yeah. Uh, 35 <laughs> and 47, the final record for your Washington Wizards. They finish in 12th place, so just outside the play-in, playoffs, all that uh, garbage that's happening this week. Uh, just not a whole lot to talk about here. Tuesday beat Minnesota 132-114. That was fun. Otherwise, three straight losses to end the year. Wednesday to the Hawks, Friday to the Knicks, Sunday to Charlotte. The 35 and 47 mark, I did want to just briefly mention uh, when we look at the last couple of years of records, Mike, last year, 34 and 38. Uh, 2019, 25 and 47. 2018, 32 and 50. I mean, this team hasn't won 40 games in about five years. I mean, it's just pathetic. It really is. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, we, yeah. I mean, you're you're looking at it here, and that's the problem. And we don't have to get too far into this. Obviously, we can probably get into it maybe a week or two from now uh, when we just have baseball going on. Yeah. But it's it, it's the problem with this team is I don't think it's coaching. I think it's more so when it comes down to the the structure, which, yes, we did have Ernie Grunfeld still late in the teens uh, with the 2017, 2018, blah, blah, blah. Tommy Shepard has come in, and he has done a few good moves. But like I texted you earlier personally, the biggest thing is they have to get a draft pick at some point that's going to be an impact player. You cannot keep going and trying to build your team around role players because that doesn't win games. Right. Though that that wins you a game against Minnesota and a game against Dallas where you score 144 points, but then all of a sudden the next game you get blown out by 42 against the Celtics. Right, right. So you're just looking at it and saying this is just a pathetic uh, performance over the last three games, uh, but overall the season was already lost at this point. Right, um, yeah. I mean, Beal's been out you know. forever. Um, yeah, it's. I'm with you. You got to – at some point – you got to be able to bring in a draft pick that is just a, uh, an immediate impact guy, exactly like you said. Because you, we see those, and yes, obviously, like a guy like Cade Cunningham, pick n number one overall. Like, all right, you're, in right, order to right. get a guy like that, you're going to need the number one pick. But 
there are other guys making impact in this league that are top ten picks that aren't necessarily number one pick. I mean, there there are. So you, the key is you have to find them, and the Wizards just never seem to be able to find them. They find the project guys, the guys that steadily <laughs> in, uh, in, uh, improve year to year. But, okay, he goes from six points a game to eight points a game. It's like, yeah, that's great for a role guy, but you can't you can't make the playoffs with role guys. I mean, next year, all right, if Bradley Beal does stay, then we're talking about – you know, Beal, Porzingis, Kuzma. I mean, that's not a bad group. But once you get past those three, it's like, all right, what what else do we have here? I mean, Thomas Bryant won't right. be on this team next year. That's for sure. We still don't really have much going on at the point guard position. I mean, we had to bring back freaking Tomas Sandoransky. Uh So yeah, they gotta they gotta make some moves, Mike. If they could de- if they could get a decent point guard to go along with KP, Beal, and Kuzma. Then we're talking about an actual pretty good lineup. We're talking about a pretty good team, you know? Right, right. And that's the biggest thing that I look at is you have to fill in those gaps. Now you sign Gafford, so you have Gafford. Like you said, I think I, I agree with you that Thomas Bryant won't be here next year, especially now that Porzingis is on the team right? Uh, and that he can play the center and the four. But I just think that, man, you – I, I, I'm thinking about it recently a lot more, you know, not, I, should, I shouldn't say a lot more. I should say some, uh, that if you can get a, an impact player through the draft, it's not going to break the bank for you. It's not going to cost you a ton. Cause I've been saying for years now that, you know, we need a big that can rebound and protect the rim. You got Gafford. He's not a huge big, but he can, he can rebound and protect the rim. And then Porzingis can also shoot when he's healthy and different things like that. But the biggest thing that I look at is now there's two ways that you can build this team. Either you can go around and find that one superstar that's going to click with the rest of this team, or you can go and somehow get lucky with the lottery. And this is why I always hated the lottery because it, you should it should be like the NFL. If you want to tank, tank. It shouldn't should, shouldn't tank and then say, well, you know, I guess you're going to get the eighth pick today, guys. Right. It just makes that's no sense. Tough. Like. You know, it, it, it's a tough situation because you could have, you know, two schools of thought when it comes to that, which I do as well. But I still think it's kind of stupid to have a lottery because the Wiz always get screwed. Um, right, right. We haven't, I, we haven't I, had a good lottery <laughs> pick since probably Bradley Beal. I mean, right, that's probably right. I mean, well, we, yeah, we had we had John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, and, and Kelly Oubre, I think, was a fifth overall, possibly. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but you're, you're just thinking about it right now, and you just have to get that other piece to help this yeah. team because – Beal is going to go, and then we're going to be back to square one, and it's like we just wasted the number one pick overall with John Wall, the number three overall with Otto and also Bradley Beal, and we just didn't go anywhere. We just went, once again, churning in the in the mud here with the tires, going to 47 wins or whatever, and making it to the second round against the Bulls. Or It's just, it's just, it's just typical. We just haven't it's been just a contender wins. in forever, it feels like, like an actual contender, like since that – series against Boston. I mean, that was it. That was the last time when Wall was here. That was the last time we actually were like, we have a chance to get to the NBA Finals. And it just hasn't been that way because <laughs> the team just sucks. I mean, some of the some impact guys around the league that were not top five picks. Uh, you know, Franz Wagner from the Magic, number eight overall. This guy averaged 15 a game. Now, Magic are terrible, but still. Josh, uh, well, Josh Giddy was six overall. But Herbert Jones for the Pelicans, 35 overall, averaged about 10 points a game, four rebounds a game. Davion Mitchell. Wasn't Josh Hart, wasn't Josh Hart on there, too? Uh, I thought Josh Hart was like a was like a a ninth overall pick or something. Yeah, like that. from yeah, for, uh, like two years ago. Yeah, but he's on the Pelicans also. Um, yeah, 
Then you have Davion Mitchell, number nine overall pick. He's averaging about 12 a game with the Kings. Uh, Bones Highland Great for the Nuggets. Too. Yeah. Bones from Richmond, uh, from VCU, sorry. Number 26 overall, 10 points a game. Uh, you know, uh, lately about 15 a game. Tsunmu, uh for the Bulls, number 38 overall. I mean, all these guys, when you look at the, the Kia rookie ladder that the NBA.com uh, website puts out, you've got 12 guys here, including a lot that were above, uh, you know, that were past the top five picks and that all had impacts. And you don't see a Corey Kispert's name on here. And you don't see uh, from previous drafts. You don't really necessarily see a Rui or, or those guys. They just aren't making the impact. They're not... They're not drawing attention. They're not putting up the numbers. And it's like, all right, yeah, maybe Denny will work out eventually. Well, eventually could be forever with this team. <laughs> you gotta you gotta do something. And and we'll get definitely get into it on a future episode on, on what you know what this team needs to do. But we had to talk about it. Wizard season's done. No more recapping their crappy games, that's for sure. Uh <laughs> and then the last part of the rewind, DC United didn't play this weekend. They had this weekend off, but they will play Saturday at seven thirty against Austin. And again they are two oh and three. Let's talk a little baseball. The Washington Nationals so, I talked about at the top of the show with the rewind, talked about the previous week, Mike, and uh, I wanted to kind of break this down a little bit into kind of the pitchers and the offense, and we can kind of talk about, all right, what's working, what's not working, that sort of thing. Um, you know, we're not, we're not, I'm not necessarily going to go through every single one of these stats, but uh, of course, f- through four games... With Strasburg uh, on the men still, he's not he's not in. Uh, that means Patrick Corbin is basically our ace. And then after him, you get a kind of a mix of guys. Josiah Gray, uh, Joanna Doan, Eric Fetty. Uh, I can't even remember who they have going tonight. I think it might be Anibal. And it's just like you, you just it, it's a far cry from <laughs> remember when we had Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin like all going. Actually, it looks like tonight is Rogers, uh, Taylor Rogers for. Uh, Josh Rogers, sorry, there is a Taylor Rogers, but no, Josh Rogers is going tonight. The 27 year old left hander uh, with about 14 games in the bigs. Um, I remember him a little bit last year. So it just again goes to my point. This this pitching rotation, Mike, is nowhere close to where we were three years ago. Obviously, the, the World Series team, and you look at some of these numbers that these guys put up over the weekend, and yeah, it's just one series. We're not going to make a giant deal out of it, but still. Nobody could get to the sixth inning. I mean, Fetty was the only guy to get through five. Everyone else was stuck in four innings, and I know it's early, and they're not trying to stretch guys out too much, but these are not great starting pitching numbers, Mike. What's the point of saying that they're not going to stretch them out when the bullpen sucks too? I mean, now now you have to remind me of this because I'm going mind blank right now for some reason. For the MLB draft, is it where you finish in, in the season? Yeah, they don't or do a I, lot. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. where you finish. I was, I, yeah, yeah. Because no one ever watches the MLB draft. Everyone's like, oh, Adley Rutschman. Okay, who else is there? Right. Um, you know, but you're just looking at it and thinking, this team, <laughs> I might have gone way over my means. Yeah, you guys thought, I, you thought I was crazy for saying this team may struggle to win, like, 50 games or 60 games like uh you look at this team or 70 i think was the number we were looking at it's like yeah i don't know if this team will win 60 i mean it's so bad (laughs) you can already put my uh loss in the book there (laughs) thank god i thank god i didn't find a uh, future sweat uh that that night of the of the first game but my god i mean you're looking at austin voth i mean we've been talking about that over the last four days with austin Mm. voth i mean this guy i mean 
I, again, we talked about Dan Snyder last week about having him having a thousand lives, and this guy Austin Votes just around AJ all the time. Cole. He, I mean, remember AJ Cole he, would he, hang around this team he, oh, for yeah. a decade. You're like, I, I got him mixed up all the yeah, time. Yeah, and it was always like AJ Cole is not good. Why is he still here? And it was just <laughs> like, we just need an arm. We need a body, and that's when you know you're in trouble when you're just like, we just need a body on the in the bullpen. Right. And that Austin Voth is that. He's just a body. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he literally has pitched four outs and has more hits than outs. Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to go out there and just play this poorly yeah. on the mound. And, and and you're looking at a guy that we have loathed for you know years now since he left because of the sole fact that his last couple of years were not great. Sean Doolittle, he has two he pitches. He was one of the best two, pitchers this weekend, Mike. That's what I'm saying. Two, two, innings, two innings and zero hits. I'll tell you, Sunday <laughs> – Sure. Uh, Doolittle came out. He threw an inning relief. I mean, he got uh, a strikeout or two. He was uh, hyped up after the last one. He like turned and yelled and like he was the most exciting part of this weekend. Pit on the mound was Sean Doolittle, who and he was throwing ninety five. His his fastball average, I think it was average wow. ninety four this weekend. Um, he threw twenty pitches. Seventeen of them were fastballs, and nobody could oh. touch him. Nobody could touch him. I mean, literally, <laughs> he threw three changeups and, and 17 fastballs, and at 94-95, nobody could touch him this weekend. He was one of the better relievers. Finnegan, as well, also had a great weekend, a couple innings, gave up no hits. Besides those two guys, when you look at some of these pitching numbers, I mean, it's rough. There's nobody. I mean, even some of the guys that only gave up a hit or so gave, walked another two, three guys and got guys on base. I mean, besides Finnegan and Doolittle, you look at the starters and you look at the bullpen, you're like, where are we going to find a shutdown guy? Because none of these guys are shutdown guys besides, so far, those two. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the biggest thing about this pitching staff is that, obviously, once Strasburg or Max left, and now Strasburg is on the the men pretty much for the most part. Who knows when he's going to come back. Uh, the, The starting pitching rotation has... A huge gap in it, and that's why they got, went out and got Josiah Gray. I think that was Rizzo's biggest thought last year was, if I'm going to trade my two biggest names, I guess you could say, in this besides Juan Soto, on this team in this organization, I need a pitcher. Yeah. And Josiah Gray, you know, we we kind of went back and forth briefly um, that you know his stock is kind of is kind of down after the eight hits, and I, I totally understand where you're coming from, where. It's not a great outing. I mean, he didn't have a lot of walks, but at the same time, if he had seven Ks, it might be a little bit different. But you, when you're going out there and you're letting the home run balls and you're letting, uh, you know, bloop singles or in the gaps, stuff like that, you can't go out there and expect this guy to be that ace right away. The guy's still young. You need him to go out there and develop this year because his team's going nowhere. But that's the biggest thing is this this staff, just like you said, is so different from when it when it was one of the most predominant staffs in all baseball when they were in top five of the starting rotation. I mean, you're looking at Corbin coming out of the bullpen, which again, like you said a few weeks ago, oh, everyone's saying that ruined his career. It didn't ruin his career. Let's be honest here. But it's just so hilarious that you see how far of a fall from grace this team has gone. And that's the problem right now is, you know, the pitching is bad. But I think, honestly, we should move to the offense because the offense <laughs> yeah, is even worse. Right. The offense scored six <laughs> runs in four games. You're not wrong. That's what... The Indians uh, scored 17 yeah, yesterday. They did. Hey, the Guardians. The Guardians. Get it right. Oh, Guardians whatever. have a couple studs, <laughs> I will say. I mean, I 
Uh, always at the beginning of the season is when I kind of jump around MLB TV and watch a bunch of different teams, get familiar with them. And Guardians have uh, have a couple pretty solid guys, and they yeah they put up seventeen on on the Royals with Bobby Witt Jr. and and all those guys. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you. Corbin's got to be better. They all got to be better. The weird thing about all these starts, and and I know you didn't get a chance to watch a ton of it, but they all yeah. started okay. Like they looked pretty good. <laughs> like Josiah Gray threw like two innings, two three innings looked really good. Corbin, right. I think, it was great through, I think, three innings. I, the runs didn't start coming in until later. <laughs> All these guys started off, like, I was like, oh, man, we're going to have a day here. And then by the time that fourth or fifth inning hits, they just implode. And then we go to the bullpen, right. which is even worse. But, yeah, let's talk about the offense, Mike. So, oh, boy. Uh, as as you said, this was... Wait, woo boy or oh, boy? Oh, man, I'd love some woo boy right now. You know, you know what? Yeah, I got... I got very upset, and I love Woo Boy. I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, crap on them. But Mike, nothing worse than when you do an Uber Eats or whatever, and the food shows up, and you open that box, and you go, "This is not what I ordered." I ordered a uh. Sando and everything, and they send me like two tenders, and it was like, "Look, I'm gonna eat this because I. I mean, it's chicken, of course. Like, it's still gonna be good." But yeah. I wanted the sando. I wanted the whole sandwich. I wanted the coleslaw. I wanted all that the hot chicken sandwich experience. And they gave me like two level four tenders or whatever. And it's like, all right. Or I think it was three to be fair. But still, it was like this is not this is not it. This is not what I ordered. I felt pretty. I was oh, pissed. Man. I got the full refund though, of course. Um, oh, really? With the tendies? With the tendies. The, so Uber Eats made me, and I haven't had to do this in a long time. So they made you take a picture of the food and then like send it to them in the app. Or whatever, and I did that. I took a picture of the tenders, and they're like, "All right, here's twenty eight dollars or whatever the hell it was." It was it's always way more than you should be paying. Um, wait, 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 wait. Could you could you sit there and actually like rearrange the chicken and say like, "These are the two oh, orders I, that I got." I, I bet. Here's the thing. I bet it's one of those things where you could get away f- with it a few times, and then like if you start trying to push the envelope a little bit and do it too many times, they're like they like flag your account. Like this guy is clearly trying to scam us. <laughs> like like you order chicken tenders and you like go into your fridge and like pull out like salami and be like, this is what I got from and they're, they're like, what are you talking about? We don't even serve that. We don't even have that in our in our restaurant. That'd be that'd be great. Um well regardless, woo boy, because uh, this offense was Ooh, bad uh this weekend. And look we're we're not overreacting. We're just reacting to what data we have. Like this is what we have. So we're not going to say like, oh, this means this team is not going to be able to get hits all year, but it probably does. Uh, it, we just mean for through four games, the offense was bad. Mike, the only bright spots of this offense right now: Josh Bell, pretty good series, four for thirteen, had a bomb, couple RBI, couple walks. Um, you know, three oh eight through the series, decent, decent. I mean, would you love more? Sure. <laughs> Trust me, this is one of the best you've got. Uh, Juan Soto, he was okay, especially through the first couple games. He had the home run in the game in the first game. Uh, walked a couple times. Besides that, I will say Juan Soto didn't do anything Juan Soto esque. He'll be okay. I'm sure he'll still have a really good season. Um, the only other guys offensively I want to point out on the positive side: Keeper Ruiz, four for eleven in the series, a double, two oh, yeah. um, Ks. Uh, he's going to be a middle-of-the-lineup guy for this team hopefully all season long because he's he's solid. I mean, I really like him behind the dish. I like him at the plate. A lot to like there. Let's get into the bad, Mike. There's some bad numbers here. Our guy, Ooh. Victor Robles, Mike, 0 for 8, 4 Ks, <laughs> no walks. That's not good. 
That's not good, but I know your favorite guy <laughs> is the third one down, Mike, our starting third baseman, Mikel Franco. <laughs> one for 13. Yeah. Four Ks. And when you have an average below 100, you know that's a huge problem. And now, yes, it's been four games. Let's be honest here. But we pre uh, we, we prefaced this literally, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, maybe both, yeah. that this guy was raking with the Phillies for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he, he got he cut can, from the Orioles, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the Orioles, when the Orioles let you go and, and, and no shame at our pal Joe Deck, who's an Orioles fan, but he knows where they stand. Would you, when, when the Orioles cut you, you got to start reexamining your life. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to really think about, am I going to keep playing or go to a front office role uh, or become an agent? Yeah. Uh, or a real. And look, the funny thing um, is, is like he is only in this position because Carter Keeboom got hurt. I, I mean, I can say with almost certainty is I don't even know if Carter Keeboom would have much better numbers than this. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest here. I mean, when you're seeing this team strike out with the consistency that they have so far. Now, yes, you said Juan Soto. I I, I don't think there's a really big problem with Juan Soto yeah, because of the whole fact that I think it was last year maybe or the year before where he started out with a start like this yeah. and yeah. then all of a sudden he came in and won like a batting title. Right, right. Um, where he goes and hits like 666 in the next like yeah, he'll five be games. Fine. He's, he's, he's an incredible player. He'll be fine. But it, that this is the problem is that you, you have these, you know, random names that no one knows, like a D strange Gordon, which people might know from five years ago when he was on the Marlins. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he didn't really have a great couple games. And then Riley Adams, you know, he only played one game, but that's still not that great. Oh, for three for two K's. Yeah. And uh, you, you're just looking at Victor Robles and saying, Oh, for eight, dude. Oh, for eight. You literally struck out more times than you almost. I mean, you almost got struck out. As many times as half the team that that was in the starting struck out rotate more or start- than the games he's played in. I mean, four strikeouts, three games. Like <laughs> he's averaging over a strikeout a game now. I mean, that's that's bad. But the thing about Victor Ru- Ruiz or not the Victor is it Victor no, Keeper Keeper Keeper? Who's Victor Ruiz? That's a that's not a boxer or UFC fighter. It sounds like it would be. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, besides the point. Uh. So yeah, Keeper Ruiz. I don't know why is it Victor Ruiz. <laughs> Kiba Ruiz, though, 4 for 11. Yeah. At one point, he was 4 for 7. I was like, man, this guy is going to be fun to watch. Sure. Now, no one's really going to think about him because, oh, you know, he's a catcher. And, you know, when, you know, certain guys were catchers like Matt Weeders, like everyone was like, oh, he's okay. He's going to do okay. But then all of a sudden, he kind of sucked. But Kiba Ruiz, young guy. I'm excited to see him. But so far, these offensive numbers are just putrid. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just taking back. My, I'm eating a lot of crow because <laughs> I had I had some faith in this team, thinking you know what we're not going to have a great first you know season or, or not first season, but like first l- little while in the season, right. like first quarter of the season. But then all of a sudden you're seeing this team just go out there and six runs against the Mets, where they didn't have Jacob Degrom no. starting. It's not like it's not like they had Degrom, Syndergaard, and Max Scherzer. I mean, starting Tyler Miguel started the first opening day, and this is a guy. Who I mean, you could poll 100 baseball fans, and 98 of them have never heard of this guy. And he started opening day, <laughs> and he he pitched well against us. We I mean, Juan Soto was the only guy that scored any runs. It, it's it's not. Yeah, you're right. It's not like the Mets have the greatest rotation in baseball or anything. And and that's my problem with this team already. And it's starting to frustrate me as it is because. I don't want to sit there and say, you know what? Got to bet against the Nats tonight. Yeah. You know, got to keep betting against. They might win of you course, a lot my- of money this year, though, Mike, if you bet against <laughs> yeah, the Nats. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I bet, you know, three bets. I, I think actually I've had so many bad beats lately with <laughs> one one beat uh, or one beat every single parlay, which sucks. But I mean, literally, the, the, I told you about the, the Golden State Warriors. Right, right. They literally were up by nine points or whatever oh. at halftime and they win by six against a terrible team. I forgot what team it was. They're so right. bad. Um, but that's just the funny thing is that you're looking at this this offensive squad and Literally, I said I said it myself. I said the Indians, but the Guardians scored 17 runs yesterday. They scored 10 runs today in the day game. 27 runs in two That's games. Nuts. We scored six in yeah. four. So we're we're uh, heavily behind. And yes, they play the Royals. The Royals suck. But come on, let's be honest here. The the offense we have a little bit better offense some, uh, than some cases than the Guardians do. But yeah, it's I don't just, know anymore. I don't know if this team is even better than the Orioles, honestly, at this point. Like, <laughs> I watched a lot Go of the, that Beltway series. I watched a lot of the O's game uh, today. They're playing the Brewers. I don't know what the score is now, but they were winning when I checked uh, when I was watching. And uh, I'll tell you, two nothing, two nothing currently. Still, wow. Okay, yeah. So they're they're still winning. Good for them. Um, and the bottom <laughs> of the eighth. So so yeah, I'm telling you, I, I, this Orioles team might have a better offense than this Nats team. I mean. You look at the lineup on paper, and you're like, all right, Josh Bell, he can bring it. Uh, Juan Soto, of course, he can bring it. Nelson Cruz, I will say, kind of a disappointment to start. Now, he did have a good game on Sunday and Saturday. Um, he did hit his first home run. Um, he has struck out four times. He hasn't reached base once. The number that actually was really striking to me when I was going through here is the walks, Mike. Nobody's walking. Cruz, zero walks. Right. Franco, zero walks. Cesar Hernandez, zero walks. Um Soto has a couple. Bell has a couple. Alcides Escobar, one for ten, five strikeouts, zero walks. Robles, <laughs> zero walks. Ruiz, zero walks. Lane Thomas, one. Uh, Yadiel Hernandez, zero. D. Gordon, zero. I mean, the, the, when your offense is this bad, you got to find other ways to get on base. And, and walking and having a good eye at, at the dish is something that you can obviously use to your advantage if you are that type of player. And right now this team has nobody that's getting on base via the walk, it seems like. Besides, I mean, obviously they're going to pitch around a Josh Bell or Juan Soto because they can hit a bomb. But if you're Asidus Escobar, they're not worried about you going deep. you got to be able to find a way to get on base because, yeah, bad, bad games from him too. Uh, this is just ugly. These are just very ugly numbers. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. if if you're Davey Martinez, though, you got to look at just the point you made. If you want to be competitive, and now I'm not going to say Davey should be on the hot seat or anything like right, that, right, right. but you know, because this year of he kind of gets off scot free, uh, no matter right, how bad right, right, exactly, just cashing the paycheck. And I, I think if you want to be competitive in this league for this year. You got to play small ball. You got to do different things. You got to try sure. to do the, the the money ball situation where you got to say, "Hey, take a few pitches." You know, if they're going to give you a, a, a strike, give them a strike or whatever the heck yeah. you know Brad Pitt said right, in right. the movie. Um, I forgot exactly that was the a great words, Brad but... Pitt impression actually. For a second, I thought I was on <laughs> yeah. the Zoom with Brad Pitt. <laughs> I sounded like Jonah Hill more in Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, I look like Jonah yeah. Hill more in Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> but th that's just the thing is you got to play small ball, and I love playing small ball. Obviously, me and you coach together, and I'm all about. You know, bunting, stealing a base here or there, taking a single. Do like I'm always about station to station, move first to second, second to third. Just keep going one by one and try to be in these games because you can't go out there, score one run, score zero runs, score you know, basically just suck and all of a sudden think, ah, oh, you know, we, we we just didn't have it today, guys, because Juan Soto didn't have it, didn't have a grand slam, or Josh Bell yeah. didn't hit a three run bomb. You have to go out there and play small ball. You have to make sure this team goes out there and be competitive because of the sole fact because 
if this team's not competitive, this town ain't going to the games. No. You're going to have guys out there from Mets or from uh, you know City Field saying, like, boo, the the, the Nets suck, oh, man. We're getting you know, like, back to those days, Mike. We're getting back to the days where the stadium would be half full of Phillies fans or half yeah. full of the Mets fans. You ever been to Broad Street? Uh, um, yeah, I saw <laughs> that, yeah. It, you like Bryce Harper? Thanks for Bryce Harper. It's going to be all <laughs> – it's just going to be filled. Now, the one NLEs team that the fans never show up is the Marlins, luckily. But you're going to get a lot of <laughs> Phillies fans, a lot of Mets fans. It's going to be a rough summer for Nats fans at the uh, going to the games because they're just going to be surrounded by visitor fans. That's what it's going to be. Did you did you like my accent? Was that was that it a was good pretty accent? Good. I, I e- would rate it like New York a, and Philly were about the same. Seven about and the a same, half though. out of ten there. Oh se- wow, seven and a half. By the way, we, pretty... we did see. And I'm sure you saw this as well. We did see the whole thing about the learners considering selling the team that came out today. It's being discussed. It's still kind of like it's not. First of all, it's not like decided. It's it's it said the report was that the learners are considering uh, selling the team. We'll see what happens there. We're not going to break that down here today. Um, just something to keep an eye on. I don't selling the team. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, what does that mean if a new ownership comes in here? Well, for us, hopefully, what that means is gone. Uh, would be the days of of guys walking, you know, the Bryce Harpers and Anthony Rendon right, and like right. those guys leaving when we could have signed them into a long contract. I don't know if Jeff Bezos buys his team and pays Juan Soto to stay here for ten years, then I'll be happy. But otherwise, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, it's like I, 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 I'd hope I'd hope Bezos pays him to be his son. <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. <laughs> just, just something like that. But um, looking at the runs real fast yeah. before we move on. The runs so far, and obviously, I th- I think that a lot of games obviously haven't been played as of right now. Uh, so the Guardians have four games, and some other teams don't have that many. But you're looking at the runs scored. Okay, the Guardians lead the American League with 28. And again, this is the uh, universal DH now, yeah. so everyone has a fair shot. 28 for the Guardians, 23 for the Rangers, 20 for Houston, 20 for Toronto. Baltimore has four Oof. in three games. Okay. Four. Okay. Okay. Your Detroit Tigers have eight, okay, even though they had a really nice win. And then you're moving on to the National League, okay. I'll, two, The bottom two teams are two NL East teams. You got nine with the Marlins, nine with the Brewers, and the Brewers are currently losing to the Orioles, uh, two nothing. And then you got eight right now for the Nats. Mm. I, I misspoke. I said six. It's eight. eight. Now, that's just, I mean, that's pitiful. You're Dude, scoring two games, runs a game. Yeah, that's embarrassing, and that's and that's just something that, again, like you said, if they're gonna play these low-scoring games where they're not gonna be able to score a lot of runs, you gotta go out there and change your system because right now, thinking about the the glory days like the Orioles did with Adam Jones and <laughs> and Mark Trumbo and all these guys, that's not gonna happen with this team. This team right. just doesn't have the power like those teams do. Uh, or did I should say, and they got to play station to station. They got to do something similar to that kind of methodology because if you don't do something like that, you're going to lose a ton of games, and it's going to be very embarrassing. It's going to be a rough one. Uh, we told you that. We warned you. Again, uh, go in with no expectations. So that's what you got to do this season. No expectations. No dreams of winning. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little hockey real quick. The Washington Capitals. For the Caps, I just wanted to briefly talk about, because I know this is something that you've been watching closely, Mike, and that is the playoff positioning and trying to figure out the matchups and who do you want and who do you not want. Uh, Again, uh, 10 games left to go here in the regular season. The Caps are going to make the playoffs. We kind of know that at this point. But 
where they end up is the bigger question, whether it's, you know, which wildcard spot and who, you know, who above, uh, above them is going to, the shuffling and all that sort of things. Uh, so where in your eyes is the most ideal first round matchup then uh, as we look at kind of where teams might end up? I think when you're looking at who we would like to face, we have the better record against Carolina um, even though Carolina and Florida both um, are, you know, our record's not bad. and We've actually played them very well. Uh, we won't be playing actually Carolina that I uh, looked at obviously recently because of the sole fact that the Florida Panthers have 108. Um, even though there is some games left, you don't think that they're going to catch six points, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes against the Panthers uh, when it comes to the number one overall seed. But for me, I mean, honestly, I would love to play the Panthers because I think they're inconsistent. I just don't think that team is that great. I mean, yeah, they have a great goal differential, but you're not going to go out there in a playoff series and score six goals a game. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Is Vanacek kind of struggling a little bit? Yeah. Is Ilya Samsonov not the best goalie in the world? Yeah. But all you need is one team to go out there and or, you know, one goalie to go out there and, and, and stand on his head and do something for you on the defensive end. Yes, our defense hasn't been great, but I just think that this team can go out there and beat the Panthers. I mean, I don't think any analyst out there is going to sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to pick the Florida Panthers as the winner of the NHL right, Stanley right. Cup. Like, I, don't, I haven't heard anybody say no. that. You know, I, I just think that there's so many teams out there that have a shot uh, you know, to, to win it in the Eastern Conference that it's going to be fun to watch because obviously we just took down three playoff teams. We beat the Lightning, as I mentioned earlier. We beat the Pens, and we beat the Bruins. So right now, you just got to hope that they stay healthy and they, and they stay hot because overall, I don't really care who we play. I prefer the Panthers, but if it comes down to a different team because somehow the Pens are struggling or something like that and we move past them, then so be it. But right now, I'm hoping we play the Panthers because I just don't think they're they're – that consistent whatsoever. The final schedule for this team looks like this. You've got the Flyers, the Leafs, the Canadians, Colorado, Vegas, Arizona, Toronto, two games back-to-back. Uh, well, not back-to-back. There's a day in between uh, against the Islanders, and then you finish off with the Rangers on April 29th. So, obviously, a little West Coast swing there when you're heading to you know Colorado, Vegas, and Arizona. Um, most games being on the East Coast. Your final home game is Tuesday, April 26th against the Isles. So your last chance to see them in the regular season at home. And they'll finish on the road, as I mentioned, in New York. Um, seems like a, kind of an up-and-down schedule, but one of the things we talked about earlier on text was this team – especially with this past week, they te- seem to be peaking at the right time. And that's what you want to do heading into the playoffs. It's, it's That's what it is in hockey. A lot of it's momentum. And a lot of it is who is hot, uh, who's got the hot goaltender, who's you know scoring and things like that. I mean, you got a guy like Tom Wilson putting up points left and right, it seems like. Right, uh, right. This team, I I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but, Mike, they seem like they could be a little dangerous in the playoffs. I mean, any team I think right now in the Eastern Conference could be dangerous. That's that's just my point point on it because the sole fact that Tampa Bay, you can never get away from their offense. Yeah. Pittsburgh, they have Sidney Crosby. He's healthy as of right now, and they have other players on that team that can go out there. And, you know, Tristan Jari has been great this year. But you're looking at it, and I just think that the last three games, yes, Nick Say on the two empty netters against Pittsburgh. Because Pittsburgh said, you know what, screw it. You know, we're already two goals down. There's like a minute and a half left. Let's do it out another. It didn't really matter. So 
take out those two. We scored 12 in the last three, okay, against really good opponents, especially in Pittsburgh. That was a huge deal as well. But before that was our worst game against Carolina and our worst game against Minnesota. It was 11-2 to we got outscored in those two games. So when you're looking at it, these three games that we just had, and as you mentioned that, I think that we're we're going to be you know going to this thing f- uh, full engines uh, ago because of the sole fact that hey we did struggle a little bit we were two 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 like it was a roller coaster yeah. the last six games before that so it was like two loss two win two loss now we got three games going we need to make sure that we take care of business against some of these teams uh, against um, some of the teams that are not making the playoffs but you're looking at the teams. Uh, for instance, like the Rangers. I don't want to play the Rangers because the Rangers hate us and we hate them. But I think that the Rangers just want to beat us into the dirt or into the ice because of last year's uh, season ender. So, you know, hopefully we don't have to play them. Now, I'm not going to scare away if we do um, because I still trust Tom Wilson, Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom, all those guys. But I just think that, like you said, we're going into the to the end of this hot. We need to stay hot and and just keep keep churning the churning the train here. I guess you could right. say, or is that even the right word? <laughs> um, churning the butter here. I don't. Churn I don't even know. Man. On the train, uh, on the tracks. I'm not having the I'm not having, not having the best day yeah, right now. Speaking of hot, the, with another the guy that's been hot pretty lately is Lars Eller. That's another guy to keep an eye on. He's actually had a, a pretty nice week and. Uh, right. Keep an eye on him going forward, especially with injuries and that sort of stuff going on. Um, let's hit up the final lap, a chance to cover some bigger stories in sports. 90 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Frank Vogel out as Lakers head coach, Mike. After three seasons, he is done. Is LeBron the worst coachable person in this planet? <laughs> it might be. Uh- I mean, he just gets everyone fired. He's got like five coaches. Oh, it's fired. unbelievable! Yeah, you don't want to be his coach at this point. And hey, the Wiz, maybe keep an eye out. Maybe Frank Vogel could end up being a. I mean, obviously, they're not going to fire Wes Unsell Jr. after one season, but could be a guy you could have uh, maybe later on. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, who was the favorite to win the Masters, did exactly that. He won the Masters, Mike. I have a lot of gripes about the Masters, but Scotty Scheffler. Very, very good uh, last four wins out of the last about eight weeks or so. It's been unbelievable what he's been doing on the run. We'll get your thoughts on the Masters after after this segment here. Uh, NBA play-in <laughs> tourney. Uh, the matchups are set here. Again, these are for the play-in games. You got the Cavs and the Nets. The Nets sure fell hard. Uh, Hornets and Hawks. Clippers and T-Wolves. Spurs and Pellies. Uh, any of these teams interest you, Mike? <laughs> Not really. No, yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, of course, the sad news everybody knows by now, uh, Dwayne Haskins, of course, passing away 24 years old after being hit by a dump truck on the highway after his car broke down. Really sad story there. Kind of a shocker as the news came out. And obviously here in D.C. Uh, had an impact because he was the quarterback of this team for a little bit. And, um, you know, uh, you, you never talk bad about a guy when he's you know, just recently passed away. Of course, Schefter caught some heat by saying, like, you know, I think on his tweet, it was something about like how he struggled in Washington and things like that. It's like, that's not really the tweet you do when you're talking about a guy dying. Like right, we can have right. that conversation. Sure. Not the day the guy dies or the day after the guy dies, you know, like, yeah, in a few months or weeks, if you want to talk about Dwayne Haskins tenure in DC and was it great or not? Sure. Of course we can have that conversation, but like, geez, like uh, g- just give him a nice tweet chef there. What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of weird. Now, at first when I read it, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal because 
you know, it's a fact. It's true. Right, right. But when you look at the circumstance of the guy just died, like, relax a little yeah. bit. So he ended up deleting it and going back and editing it and saying, like, you know, getting drafted number one by the Washington football team or something like that. Then, then he moved, I was like, all right, let's be honest here. And that, the, pro, the, the one thing is he's still a young guy, and he, he was actually down in Florida or wherever it was, I believe, uh, you know, down there practicing. He was supposed to compete with with uh, with uh, Mitch Trubisky, yeah, Trubisky and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's definitely it's, it's definitely sad to see. So you know, hearts out yeah, to his family yeah, and his sucks, friends. It sucks. Um, and I, I don't mean to make an awkward transition, but I do want to talk briefly about the Masters real quick because I know obviously that's what you spent uh, four days doing is watching Tiger and the Masters. Oh, yeah. And um, you know, would you do you, do you think Tiger? performed better than your expectations and 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 most folks expectations was he about where you thought he was going to be was he under where you thought he was going to be because uh, from my understanding and i only caught little bits here and there is he had a pretty dang good weekend like he had a pretty good tournament for the most part it seems like yeah so the first day obviously he shot 71 he did lip out i believe it was on the fifth hole so he could even shot better um because it was a beautiful uh approach shot in the part three but I, I think he, he played as well as you probably think he could. I mean, he's usually a really good green reader, but then you look at it and he he couldn't even – I mean, I could bend my knees, and I've had two major knee surgeries too. Right. Uh, you know, uh, he, I could bend my knees farther than he can, but I understand the you know, mobility factor where you can see him limping at certain times, different things like that. So it, it was fun to watch him, uh, even though he didn't compete to the maximum level that he wants to. The one bad thing that I did see today was that he's committed to the open championship, but not the U S open and the PGA. So a little, little, little like huh, about that because those are two sandwiched in, but I don't know, man, it's, I, I wish he could play in all four, but you got to give the guy a little bit of a break. And then Scheffler wins it all. I mean, some people were saying this masters was boring or whatever. Cause the favorite wins. I mean, Still, it seemed like there was some good competition at the top. I mean, I know Rory had a pretty good tournament. He was right there in the mix. I watched him a little bit on Sunday. Um, you know, my guy JT, unfortunately, had some trouble. He had yeah. some good audio clips, though, of uh, some struggles that he, he, he had <laughs> off the tee. Uh, anyone else that interesting from the tournament? Well, John Rahm obviously didn't. Uh, he didn't actually um, play that well. So he did play decent in the last round. He was the ultimate favorite. Um, I think at plus 200. Scheffler, I think, was like plus six or 800 or something like that. But that's because he's the number one player in the world, and he also uh, has won three of his last four tournaments, they said. Um, so, I don't know, man. It, it, it was it was kind of up and down day. Me and my girl were actually just watching it the entire time and just saying, like, you know, the few featured groups, and we're watching them the entire weekend pretty much. We woke up, we watched it, and once it was done, we – Pretty much just sat there and watched Six Hundred Pound Life, and then <laughs> went to bed, and then uh, then we woke up and watched it again. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was a pretty good mass tournament. I mean, the only problem is, and I'll I'll get through these gripes really quickly because um, I know we have to get to our other stuff. Sure. The problems that I have, um, one is one embarrassing thing that I sent you, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. where. I hate when they are walking off the golf course after just having this mind f of of the golf course of the lifetime in Augusta National right. where the greens are sloped like Mount Everest <laughs> and you have to walk uphill apparently every single hole for some reason and it just makes no sense where you have like you know you know uh Rick 
you know, over here or, or, or Robert or something like that. That's 67 years old. That's putting his hand out to like high five Tiger Woods. Like he doesn't want to high five your hand just because you are a member at, you know, freaking Belmont country club in Ashburn (laughs) doesn't, doesn't mean that you're on the same level as Tiger Woods. Like, like I, I loved it because the one guy in the yellow, he literally just stuck his hand out and was like, hey, Tiger, you know, and like, great round, buddy. You know, oh, it's, it's like it's his so hand's pathetic. like shaking and stuff. Like and then he like puts a fist out like, oh, thanks a lot. Appreciate you dissing me there. It just really pisses me off. Yeah, I don't I know, know why. I'm with you. It, it is, it's kind of pathetic. And it's like, look, it's one thing if like you and Tiger Woods are, are passing each other and like you're, there's no like rope separating you and it's not the middle of a tournament <laughs> or something like that. It's like, yeah, throw out your hand to shake his hand or fist bump or whatever. It's like, yeah, cool. But you know the the old guy sticking their hand out every when he finishes up on the eighth hole and he's just walking to the next hole and it's just weird. <laughs> if you're a kid, yeah, of course. Like if kids are throwing out high fives, yeah, go for it. But when you're a grown yeah. man doing it, it's just weird. And not only grown <laughs> like, man, dude, but these guys are like fifty plus doing it. I mean, it's just I weird. know th- th- this guy's sixty seven years old and it's he's retired from from the air force and he just like loves Tiger yeah. for some reason and is over there just trying to like his hands all like shaking and stuff like yeah, that and all so this. Weird. It's just like it's like oh my gosh. My last one is you know who dude dude perfect yeah, is yeah, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That irritated the oh, hell out of me it because was embarrassing. Because Bryson DeChambeau thinks he's like this, uh, like God that is out there taking the dude perfect guys <laughs> onto Augusta National, which I would give my left leg up to go play Augusta National and hit 117 on it, and then be out of breath trying to walk the the Amen Corner. Okay. The problem is, is that those guys are out there hitting with baseball bats and throwing the stupid vortexes and all that. Shout out to vortex, I love vortex. But they're throwing all this stuff. It's like, dude, like there was sake. It's like sacred ground. I mean, those guys were literally walking and 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 giving their their life up for golf, trying to win that damn green jacket. You know, whatever shade of green it is. And these guys are out there throwing stupid things you throw at a freaking ocean a city beach. Like, it just made no sense to me, man. Yeah. I was, oh, my God. And I watched the entire video because, I, first of all, I wanted to see Bryson lose because I should have bet my entire life on Bryson missing the cut ever since he said, oh, it's a par 67 for me. Like, okay, oh, okay, Yankee Doodle, why don't you go out there and hit a par, uh, the Sterling Boulevard par three course oh, yeah. and work on your eyes. I'll iron. see you there. I'll like, see you there, <laughs> Oh, don't man. the house, Bryson. It did, uh, dude. It did not tickle my fancy for no, certain things. No, yeah, that, that pissed me. I had off. fun watching it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Overall, overall, seemed like a good tournament. Uh, let's hit up the trivia questions here. I'll just throw this one out to you first. This is going to be an over under, Mike. So the Tigers hit me in two thousand and three had one of their worst seasons ever. I'm going to give you a win total, and you're going to tell me if it, if their actual win total was over or under this number. Forty five. Forty. Five wins, and you said this was two thousand three. Two thousand three. This was it was it, this was back when the Tigers were really really bad in 03 and then they got like Pudge Rodriguez and they started doing good and they were in the World Series like two or three years later. So, uh, but this was this was a bad team. So, so forty five obviously is the over under. So that means they're pretty bad. So forty five are, are we? Uh, did they actually win more or fewer games than forty five? You know, I think it's a trick question. I'm going to go under, and I'm going to say 42. It's 43. You were right on track, though. Uh, 43 wins. It was, damn, it, it would have been better if I got it right. I believe <laughs> it was it was four. I mean, the math obviously lines up, but I think it was 43 and 113. 
was was that year, and it was or no forty three like and one nineteen. That, yeah. That's what it would have been to add up to one sixty two. Uh, I think that adds up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, <laughs> it was one of the worst seasons yes. in baseball history. It might. I mean, it, it was so bad. <laughs> I because I, I, something popped out to me right there when you said it. I was like, man, I remember the, them going literally in the forties at some point. That's that's nuts. That's and then they made it. So I my, mean, like I said, they made it to the World Series in two thousand six. So imagine you win forty three games, and then three years later, you're in the World Series. Now they didn't win it, but they were there. They were there. Cardinals won. They they they, they, they were there. All right, here we go. So my DC sports trivia question for you is: In two thousand three. What Giants quarterback did Bruce Smith take down to become the NFL's all-time sack leader? Okay, and I will give you a hint oh, for this because the only reason I'm asking this is because I can give an easy hint. So he is on TV now, not just on ESPN. It's on a network that usually you would see late at night. Late at night? Late at night, and you might not be able to sleep. So you turn this on, you're like, hmm, I could probably fall asleep looking at these people make these things. <laughs> what? <laughs> these people make these things late at night. I don't know. Think about think about molding things into into birthday celebration what things. What are you talking about? This <laughs> that's not a great hit. Um <laughs> All right. I can't so say I can't say that. This is a well-known quarterback, I assume. Uh, well known in the sense of he wasn't really well known because he wasn't that great, but I would say that he has a famous last name. Does his last name? I, I did actually. The funny thing is when when we said two thousand three, I did have a guy a last name possible a guy in mind. He did not play for the George Detroit Tigers. No, no, no. He did not. <laughs> he lost one hundred and nineteen games. <laughs> um, no, I did have a guy enter my mind. Um, oh. And I don't know why, but it's calling to me. Does, does his last name start with a C? Nope. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. I was going to say okay. Kerry Collins. He, he, <laughs> he hosts, he hosts uh, well, I think Kerry Collins is 05. Uh, um, so I was, I was close. I was close. Uh, he hosts baking shows. Baking shows. <laughs> no idea. Jesse Palmer. All right, getting there, yeah. Okay. All right, Jesse Palmer. Cool, 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 cool guy. <laughs> that's, your, that's your claim to fame. Uh, let's hit up the money line. Sponsored by DraftKings. A chance to give our picks, and oh, boy, it's been rough. It's been rough. I am 4-8. and eight. Oh, Mike wait. is 5-7. and seven. Uh, Yikes. Has not been good picks here recently, but we're looking to get back on track, and that starts here with these picks. NBA playing games are starting, Mike, I believe, on Tuesday. Uh, so I've got a couple playing picks. So the Nets obviously fell further than they should have. A lot of it was injuries and not playing with those couple star. I mean, Kyrie playing half the games and all that stuff. And the Cavs are a nice, fun, young team. I think the Nets are like, look, let's blow these guys out and prove that, like, hey, we are, are a contender if they if they are. Uh, so they're going to – right now the line's eight points. I'm going to say they're going to win over uh, that. Uh, and then the dog, my dog, I'm going to say the Clips plus two and a half against the T-Wolves. I mean, look, the T-Wolves basically is Carl Anthony Towns. Like, they don't – I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, they've got a couple other pieces there, but it's, like, it's all on him. Uh, and I'm going to say the Clips are going to be able to neutralize him a little bit. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pick the dog there, plus two and a half – the clips of LA. My boys, Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard. It's a Pistons reunion over there in LA. 
<laughs> I'm kind of surprised that the Clippers are actually dogs in this one because of the sole fact that Paul George is back. Yeah. And Paul yeah. George has actually been playing really well I'll lately. Take, I'll take that two and a half all day. <laughs> I, I will. I would do. Uh, so my lock is actually going to go and swerve a little bit because usually our locks are usually favorites. Right. I'm going to go with San Antonio plus five at New Orleans. San Antonio, the Spurs, have covered the spread in 10 of the last Ooh, 11. Love that. Seven of those 10 being on the road. Love that. Love so. That. When you're looking at that, that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good trend in the right direction. But obviously, playoffs are a different animal, so we shall well, see. They still have Popovich. I, I mean, they still have one of the best yeah, coaches yeah. of all time. You got to think they they have a shot here. Yeah, you hope. I mean, you hope so. Obviously, it's going to be a, a great game because both teams are under 500. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they're both going to win the championship. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm going to go with plus five and see if I can ride the ship here. Uh, my dogs. I'm going with Real Madrid. It's not really a dog pick. Uh, it's for dog money because you can get plus right, 140 right. on this. Uh, my winner outright is Real Madrid in Tuesday's Champions League game, mainly because so the sole fact that Real Madrid just dominated Chelsea in the first round. I mean, it was literally a domination. Chelsea was making mistakes left and right. Kareem Benzema looks like he's he's 27 years old, and the guy's like 52. Right. I mean, I get I used to get so pissed at him back in the day playing FIFA, and now all of a sudden he's just like. Playing the best soccer of his life, or football, if you want to call sure. it, of his life. So, overall, I'm going to go with Real Madrid plus 140 to win outright on Tuesday in the Champions League. To win outright. Not a tie or any of that BS. I'm going to win outright for Hala Madrid. There we go. Shout out to my Sunderland boys who, back-to-back weekends, of game-winning goal in the late minutes of the game. They're surviving. Sixth seed right now. Sixth seed with about five games to go. They only six, only two, uh, three through six get into the the playoffs after the first two get their automatic promotion. So, uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, crossed. Another episode in the books here. Uh, again, a lot of baseball to happen this week, as well as some important Caps hockey. Uh, Wiz oh, yeah. season's done, so we won't be talking about them for a bit. And then, obviously, any Commanders news uh, comes up, we'll we'll talk about it. Obviously, this is uh, important uh, as the NFL draft is is approaching. And uh, where are the what are the Commanders going to do there? That's that's going to be a big question, and uh, we'll definitely get into it. I think one of our return shows from the break. Uh, that we took, I feel like was breaking down like the picks from the draft last year. I think, like, I feel like, or maybe that was going into camp. Maybe that's all it was. I feel like there was a show where we really like dove into the draft picks from that draft. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was something with that. But we'll, we'll try to obviously when the Caps have their playoff situation, we'll try to get. Yeah, we'll maybe do know, a post game uh, or something from one of those. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do a post game and maybe have a, yeah. a, a guest on. Maybe have Andrew Gillis on. Right, right. Maybe not have te- technical difficulties sure, this time. Sure. Uh, that were not on our end. Yeah, follow the Twitter because we'll keep you up to date on post games <laughs> at the DC crossover, and that that would be a great time right. to download the app too, the Contender app, Contender with the K. Because yeah, my my guess is Mike and I will be doing something post game for Caps um, when come play come playoff time because it's the only DC team really that's competing in the playoffs, so <laughs> we got to give yeah. them some time for sure. Um, and follow, of course, Mike on Twitter at Sarone sixteen. Hit that TikTok the up, TikTok. peeps. Um, let's see. The handle is. <laughs> At DC underscore crossover underscore podcast. Podcast. We underscore appreciate underscore you underscore listening underscore to the show. We will see you next week. Another episode of (laughs) underscore the DC crossover. (laughs) 